It's the rendezvous with Simon Marcel. Bonjour et bonsoir. Bonsoir means good evening in French. C'est Simon, it's Simon Marcel. Welcome to the rendezvous. Bienvenue. Accent is French. I just want to say something because I have a fabulous team of producers. Jill, Miranda, Adam, Adam, Miranda, Jill. <laughs> Whatever sense you take it. Everybody works as a team. And Miranda takes care of all the social media for the show at Rendezvous Radio. Also read all the email at therendezvousshow.com. And she did something I love. She did on our social media the ultimate wedding movie bracket this week. And that you can find on our Instagram and Twitter at Rendezvous Radio. And then you can vote for your favorite wedding movie. Like, you know, my best friend's wedding, the wedding singer, the wedding planner, etc. So, you know, I just, I love um, talk about romance and I have a fabulous team who is very involved into the show. And so, uh, please go check it out at Rendezvous Radio and vote on this week, your favorite wedding movie. But if you have any questions about your love life, it's my turn. 855-905-8255. If you have a question for me about your relationship, 855-905-8255. Bonjour, Shelby. Bonjour, Simon. How are you? Bien, et toi? I'm well, merci. <laughs> so I understand you have a little dilemma between your parents and your boyfriend. What is up? Yeah, so um, I am totally in love with my boyfriend. We've been together for a couple of months. Um, but my family isn't crazy about him. My parents actually just really don't like him that much. And they, you know, it doesn't really matter except for the fact that um, they're having a huge anniversary dinner soon. And my mother's made clear that she doesn't want him there. But I've, mm -hmm. I'm helping to plan the event. So he knows it's a very big deal to me. And I can't turn around and tell him, hey, you can't come, even though this is a celebration of love and my family. So I'm kind of torn what I'm supposed to do when, you know, when I know that there's not this connect between them. But I really do love this man. I see. Just by curiosity, why do you think your parents do not like him? Oh, they think he's like condescending and they don't like the way he talks and politics and all of that. Do you think he is? No, I just think like they just kind of got off on the wrong foot and, you know, and everyone's just kind of a little bit stuck in their ways and, and yeah, and they didn't invest the time to really get to know him. I see. Okay. You guys are not engaged, right? No, not yet. But you are exclusive. Yes. Okay. Here's my take on this. Many, many people have that with their in-laws. Um, don't mix them. Don't force it. Tell your boyfriend the truth. Say, listen, I know you and my parents, you know, it's not the best mix. So listen, uh, for now, unless it's necessary, why put the, the tension? You go with your parents without him and he understands. Let's say I'm your boyfriend. I feel the tension. I don't want to go. You know, let's never, never use unspoken or pretend to help a situation. You know your parents don't really like him. I'm sure he does too. So separate both worlds and you'll be fine. And only when you guys are married or stuff like that, then okay. The minimum. Too many families are so uh, hurt by the bad relationship between their partners and the parents. So I've always learned from my parents, the more you separate people who don't like each other and don't have to pretend, the better for everyone else. That makes sense. I just didn't want him to feel like unwanted, even though he is. But oh, I totally understand. Listen, he knows your parents don't want to see him. Yeah, you're right. Right. So life is too short. I said no pretending, liberation. No more faking. I like that. I like that. Thank you. 
you welcome shall be enjoy your parents anniversary and i think your boyfriend will be happy not to have to stand there and smile where he doesn't <laughs> want to go we saved him okay thank you <laughs> have a good night bonsoir bonsoir really what are the do's and the don't when we really like each other we committed and we're starting to meet each other's family let's talk about the do's first next So, you know, when you really like someone, you become exclusive, you have the talk, and there is this wonderful period where you meet each other's families over time. And sometimes it takes more time, sometimes less times. Uh, what are the do's when you meet each other's family? I mean, I always said the first thing when I have met a girlfriend, parents, and brothers and sisters and all that, is, is to be courteous, to remember you go to somebody's house. Their house, their rules, right? That's huge. Their house, their rules. And also, I, I try to help. You know, I, I like to bring a little something for the parentals. Maybe it's a little flower for the mom or something for the dad. Or I think the first time it's a nice thing. It doesn't have to be huge or expensive. Or maybe it's olive oil and vine balsamic vinegar or something, you know, French. But I think it's important to start on a good foot, something positive, right? That's the do's. Respect, courtesy, and remember where you are. Now, what are the don't? What you should never do? <laughs> That's coming up next too. So you date somebody, you either like that new partner, you want to introduce them to your parents, they want to introduce you to your, their parents. What are now the don't you should never do? First of all, um, when you go to somebody's house, um, be rude. You know, forget to take your shoes off, which is the policy of the house. Here in the Midwest, it's huge. Um, think that you own the home, like in terms of like you, this a little bit of arrogance, so you know, because you're dating somebody, so you're part of the family, you're not, you're a total stranger for them. Forget to say thank you after dinner or lunch for the wonderful meal, forget your manners, uh, talk politics right away, you know, monopolize the conversation. No, don't do that. What you have to do is listen, learn, observe, be courteous, and go from there. That's really the do's and the don't. And I'm sure you agree with me on this one, uh, but uh, I'll put it on social media at Rendezvous Radio. We'll see what else you have to say on the do's and the don't of meeting each other's family when you have a new partner. You call the next. If you want to light up the universe a little bit, if you want to bring a stone of positiveness, of joie de vivre, as we say back home in Paris, call the show and share a romantic story with me. 855 Bonjour, Priscilla. Bonjour, Simon. Bonjour. You say you have a romantic husband who does uh, <laughs> romantic things for you. And I want to hear what is it that he's doing for you that is so romantic? <laughs> well, there's definitely a lot of them. But um, I was just thinking the other day, um, back to our first vacation that we took as a couple. Uh, we were only dating for about a year. And so, you know, we we're still kind of new. And we went down to the Florida Keys, but we flew into Miami and decided to rent a car and drive down Highway 1 and do, like, the whole stopping on each key type of thing. And we had walked uh -huh. over to the car that we rented, and he rented a red, which is my favorite color, Mustang convertible. <laughs> and it was just a really yeah. sweet romantic gesture. Like, this is so fun. We get to drive down the keys in a convertible and just enjoy yeah. our time together. I like that. Listen, I, I like that. How did that make you feel? So we did this. Tell me how you felt. I just felt so appreciated and just special. Like he made me feel so special. 
<laughs> no question. I mean, this red Mustang convertible, I love red Mustang convertible. I rent them when I'm in California. It's hot. It's just, it's, 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 ooh la la. Okay, Priscilla, good for you. Thank you so much for sharing that story and have a good night. Thank you. You too. Thanks for having me on the show. You're welcome. Now I got to change gears and I'm going to go help Celine who sent me the Twitter DM at Rendezvous Radio because she thinks she ruined things with a guy that she liked and needs my help. So her Twitter DM is next. So I received this interesting question from Celine at Rendezvous Radio about her situation. She goes, Bonjour Simon, I think I ruined things with a guy that I really felt like was the one. We went out on an amazing date. We clicked on every level and he even told me that he wanted to make me his girlfriend. But ever since we had ooh la la, he became more and more distant. How can he go from wanting to make me his girlfriend to being barely interested? And why do men lose interest after the ooh la la? That's a great question, Celine. Let me uh, give you my two cents next. Have you ever been like Celine who sent me that Twitter DM at Rendezvous Radio with a partner that after you've had the ooh-la-la uh, became more and more distant even though he told you he wanted to make you his girlfriend and now he's barely interested and Celine wants to know why do men lose interest after the ooh-la-la? As a guy, I can tell you this. It's not the ooh-la-la. It's because there is no deeper connection. So if I meet a wonderful woman, I have a wonderful evening, we had ooh-la-la, but I don't feel the click, the connection, and that's not a ooh-la-la connection. It's something in me. It's the flame, it's the spark of love. Then I move on. Not saying it's right or wrong, but that's why men move on so easily, because remember, we don't have to be emotional at all to have a great time with you. That's the difference between men and women. We can just have great time. It's not linked to emotional for us. So I hope that helps you to understand. Whatever you do, don't pursue this guy. He's out. I hope that helps. You call the next. You have a question or a doubt about your relationship, about your marriage, call me. 855-905-8255. Bonjour, Victoria. Bonjour, Simon. Bonjour. Um, I understand there's a little dilemma between you and your husband. What's going on at home? Well, he's working remotely from home now. Um, he sees all of his patients over, you know, the video chats and stuff like that. And we have a one-year-old son. And um, at the end of his shift, he's a lot more tired than when he used to go into work. So he's kind of um, stopped helping out and pulling his weight around the house and has been a lot more, um, I guess, grouchy after his sessions. So it's become a problem. I see. Um, ideally, what would you like to see, ideally? I mean, when he used to come home from work, immediately the first thing he would do was, like, pick up his son and be so happy to see him, but now he just kind of walks out of the office and plops down on the couch. Okay. Uh, just just uh, FYI, what happens with Zoom is that we are hypnotized. It's very, very difficult, because I do Zoom meetings also for other things, but it really takes all your energy way more than going to the office and meeting people, you know, and, and, and being with everybody. It's like, it drains you out those Zoom meetings, okay? So, mm -hmm. not to defend him, but just that's a fact. It just, at least drains me for sure. That's one. The other thing is, maybe a compromise would be you give him a break, you know, after the, the hours. Give him, give him a good half hour. Maybe he takes a glass of Coca-Cola or maybe he takes a, a little tea some caffeine. Why? Because he's drained. So it's not against you. It's not against his boy. 
it's it's the fact that I think is like me after all those meetings, like you drain out. So how about would you be fine with talking about it and say I noticed this, I understand that. What about you take thirty minutes by yourself, watch TV, drink a little coffee, and then come help me and let's do teamwork after that. That's a brilliant idea. <laughs> Thank you. I didn't even think about that, that it would be harder in front of your computer than going actually into your job. Oh, yes, exactly. I mean, because usually when everybody comes back from work, we're driving, you know, or, or we're taking the bus or something, it's like the decompressed time. So friends of mine have expressed who have kids that they miss the time just being from the office to home 20, 30 minutes, 40 minutes in the car, listening to music. Your brains is recharging because you're not working. But hmm. without this drive in between work and home, everybody needs a break. Wow. Yeah, that completely makes sense. Thank you so much, Simon. You are welcome, Victoria. Good luck to you and have a good night. Thanks. Talking about things that annoy us in our partners, I got an email from Gemma and boy, her boyfriend, he's really pushing it. So she needs my help. Her email is next. So I'm curious how you're going to feel about this because Gemma sent me an email at therendezvousshow.com and here's what she says. She goes, Bonjour Simon, my boyfriend talks in a baby voice to his dog. And I used to think he was cute, but now it's just weird and annoying, and it's making me not attract him to him at all. How can I get him to stop? Good question, and I, I feel you, so I'm going to help you. Next. What would you do if you're Gemma, who just emailed me at therendezvousshow.com, saying that her boyfriend talks in a baby voice to his dog? She thought he was cute at the beginning, but now it's annoying, and even to the point she's not attracted to him, anymore. So she asked me, Simon, how can I get him to stop? Very simple. No unspoken, no lies. Tell him, listen, stop in front of me talking to a baby voice to your dog. It's not really masculine. It's not like reassuring. It's ridiculous the way it is. I've always said, why have unspoken? You don't like what your partner is doing? And it's like something like this so ridiculous? Just tell him. And when you hear, he has to choose, annoy you or not. But let's give him the credit that maybe he doesn't know it's annoying you before we do anything radical. So tell him calmly what's going on and then tell him to stop, please. And if I'm your boyfriend and I love you, I'll stop that right away to keep you. Okay, I hope that helps. You call the next. Any questions for me? 855-905-8255. Bonjour, Dominique. Bonjour, Simon. Bonjour, bonjour. What's going on between your boyfriend, your ex-boyfriend, and you? What's the deal there? <laughs> yes, I know. It sounds like a lot. Um, well, so my ex and I are still friends. Uh-huh. And when we, when we were together so long ago, we were really young, and he still texts me for dating advice. Okay. I didn't think it was a big deal, but, you know, my new guy, he thinks it kind of crosses a line. It makes him uncomfortable. We've only been seeing each other for a couple of months. So the question is, do I honor my ex who says, hey, this makes me uncomfortable? Or, you know, just kind of try to calm me down. Let me be in the shoes of your new boyfriend so I understand. What kind of questions, be honest, your ex is asking you about his love life? Honestly, it's not too invasive. It's just dating stuff. Nothing you know, about ooh la la. I mean, it's, it's where do I take this person? Uh, do you think I should make the next move? Am I reading into it? I see. But why do you do it? I mean, after all, you know, 
why is it you his ex who's doing this this part what do you think because you don't do it to him right no i mean honestly i've been doing it for so long i i thought i was being a good friend okay yeah i see well okay on a scale of one to ten how much do you like your new boyfriend uh, i would say an eight an eight do you see a future yeah. with your new boyfriend yes okay so what's more important to create a safe space of trust for your new boyfriend to feel he's the only man in your life or to continue to give advice to your ex that you're not with anymore. I see. I mean, when you, when you put it that way, it's, it's a no-brainer. <laughs> kind <place>. of. <laughs> well, here's the trade. Tell your ex-boyfriend to call me. So <laughs> tell him you called me and said, you can call Simon directly. I'll be happy to answer his questions. I think when we are not together anymore, it's better to limit some of the conversation about all that. Uh, we have memories together. We have reminiscence mm -hmm. together. So you did it out of your good heart, but my advice is to focus on the new man and for your ex to um, either call me or, or find his own answers, okay? Okay. I love your accent, by the way. I just had to say that. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Dominique. Straight from Paris. <laughs> thank you so much and have a good night. Thank you, you too. Last question of tonight on the rendezvous. Should you reach out to someone who ghosted on you to get closure? The answer, next. Should you reach out to someone who ghosted on you to get closure? I posted that question on social media uh, for you to vote on it at Rendezvous Radio, and it's interesting. 32% of you said, yes, you should reach out to get closure, even if the person have ghosted. 68% of you said no, leave it alone. And I'm 100% on the no, leave it alone. If somebody ghosted on you, first of all, the chance of them answering you back is almost to zero. So it will hurt your self-esteem again. Spare your dignity, spare your self-esteem. When somebody's gone, let them be. Heal in silence of the distance. That's my advice, and that's the final advice for tonight's show. Thank you so much for listening, et bonsoir. The Rendezvous with Simon Marcel.